The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. Well, let's start with the developments in the health sector because the Labour Appeal Court has interdicted any industrial action by Nahawu, by its members, by its employees. That order is applicable with immediate effect. Uh, the court ruling that Nahawu's members and all essential service employees are prevented from continuing with or participating in any strike. So the union has been ordered to inform its members and officials across the country about the ruling by one o'clock today. Let's get some reaction on that from Foster Mohale, who is the health department spokesperson. As the Department of Health, we welcome a court judgment which ruled that the strike action by Nihau, its members and employees who are employed in essential service is interdicted with immediate effect. We believe this judgment will bring some form of stability in health facilities across the country. This is a victory for innocent, vulnerable and ununionized patients who have suffered the consequences of the disruptive and violent strike action. We also believe Nihau will implement the judgment and inform its members to return to work as soon as possible. That's what the health department is saying. Zola Sapeta is the Nahau General Secretary. He was on air a little bit earlier on. Let's hear what he has to say. The court judgment that came out this morning, it's interdicting, is it only essential workers from continuing with the strike? Only essential uh, service workers and those who have not yet been on the strike that we're intending to bring them, uh, employees such as uh, SASA, SIU and and other that we mentioned. So Mm. we're interdicted those, but the strike is not interdicted, it's continuing. Now, earlier today, the Minister of Health was on the East Rand. He was at the Tele Mokharawani Regional Hospital in Forstleris. It's been one of the hospitals hardest hit by the Nahau strike. We saw soldiers being deployed there. The union has vowed to intensify its strike. We heard from the minister last week saying at least four people had died. EWN reporter Khomoto Modise is in Forstleris for us. Khomoto, good afternoon to you. Firstly, what is the atmosphere like there? I can hear the singing behind you, do you get the sense that Nahawa is telling their members about the incident? Well, Mandy, it seems that the news of the incident has made its way to the members here. The group has become considerably smaller to what it was earlier on in the day. And when we spoke to a regional uh, representative here, she said that it hadn't been communicated to them officially yet from their regional and national offices and they would wait for that. Uh, before they decide on a way forward. So at this stage, it does seem like, you know, many of the members have heard, they have been told. I've been telling, I've been seeing uh, longer intervals, Mandy, between each song, um, which does seem to be uh, showing that the news has made its way to the, to the demonstrators here. The health minister has been there today. He's been speaking. What has he been saying? said a lot today. I mean, firstly, he's confirmed the fact that the, uh, the death toll has risen. He just doesn't have the numbers on hand, but he says he's certain that the number of people that have died, um, you know, and, have, and those deaths linked to the strike is more than four. He's also spoken about the deployment of the SANDS. So when we arrived earlier this morning, we saw SANDF members at the entry points on both, both the entry points here at Kanala and Mukhara Mukhara. The minister insists this is not as a direct response to the utterances yesterday from Nahau that they would be intensifying their strike. 
He says that they've been engaging the SNDF for uh, a couple of days, actually, from last week. And so this is not in retaliation or in response to Mehaou's stance. But also he's spoken about how, you know, he's hoping that many of these workers will really just appeal to their emotions and their Ubuntu, so to speak, to say that people are desperate for help at these facilities and that, you know, as much as they have a right to demonstrate and to protest, this shouldn't be infringing on the rights to life, essentially. So he's spoken about that. And he's going to be meeting, he says he's having another meeting a little later on where he will be updated on a way forward. But at this particular facility, uh, operations do seem to be, you know, uh, 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 back to normal considerably. We are seeing a number of uh, people getting help. Many have left, um, you know, after getting assistance here. So the minister is confident that, uh, you know, operations will get back to normal within reason, of course. Well, Kamal, so let's take a listen to some audio of the minister speaking a bit earlier. The, the doctors who are here... The nurses who are here uh, are now attending to the patients. This is what a health facility is meant to do. Uh, So um, we want to thank the staff who are here uh, from all sides, admin, uh, you know, the cleaning, uh, also the the nursing staff uh, who are attending to the patients, the doctors who are here. Uh, You can see that many of the people now are relieved. Uh, some have already got their treatment, they are on their way home, and, and we are happy that uh, uh, as much as this is not, the hospital is not functioning at its optimum best, but at least some, some services happening and the hundreds of people who depend on this hospital are able to receive treatment. So we want to again make a call to our colleagues, the health workers who are still not here, uh, that uh, while you have a, a legitimate cause to want to improve you know your uh, your pay your salaries but there is nothing you know uh, which can be much higher than people's lives Health Minister Joe Parkler speaking earlier today at the Tele Mokorowani Regional Hospital in the East Rand in Fosler. So there is how things stand at the moment. The Labour Court, uh, the Labour Appeals Court has upheld that decision interdicting any industrial action by Nahau, effectively ordering that its members go back to work. The union has been ordered to inform its members and officials across the country about this ruling by one o'clock today. That's the situation with the Nahau strike. I am still seeing visuals though, and as you heard there, uh, with the crossing with Komoto, there are still protests taking place. They're still dancing. The Hawa members, um, I can see on Newsroom Africa in Sebokeng in the Val, um, busy dancing and protesting there. So what do you think about the way that Joe Parkler has handled this Nahawa strike? And what do you think about the conduct of Nahawa? The Midday Report. The events of Friday afternoon were ludicrous. They were farcical. It was ridiculous what happened with the Twane mayor. You actually could not make this stuff up. It was really just so shocking the way that it happened uh, with Murunu Makorela and the the certificate that turned out to be fake. It was all a lot. So Cope's been having a press conference. At the same time, a Twane, um, in the city of Twane today, a new council speaker is due to be elected. That position was vacant since last month because Dr. Murunwa Makwarela was the speaker before he became the mayor. So he has resigned as the, the mayor, but he also is no longer the speaker. So he's left that vacancy there. Tabiso Goba, EWN reporter, is following that for us. Tabiso, good afternoon to you. What is happening with uh, the sitting today? What is the coalition uh, saying about who they are supporting today? 
Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, we are currently uh, in recess for now. I mean, it has been adjourned up until 1 p.m. But what I can tell you is that what's happening right now, as may, maybe some people have already heard, is that Action SA 20 um, Councillor Nkele Molabo has had her membership um, sort of uh, terminated by the party. Um, so um, she, the party accuses her that she shared some information with her husband, Abel Chow. Now, you remember Abel Chow used to be a councillor here for Action SA before he was also terminated. However, um, I should indicate that uh, Molabo is um, uh, sort of disputing that. But it is, it is interesting that, um, we, we, that last week, Action SA was doing um, polygraph tests or light detector tests to find out which of their councillors voted with the ANC to elect uh, Dr. Murungo Makwarela as mayor um, last week. So we, we do know that Nkele Molato is out. However, there is a bit of interesting thing here, uh, Mandy. I spoke to the ANC um, secretary, George Machila, and he's saying that they are trying to get Nkele Molato to come and vote today because, um, according to the Speaker's office, her resignation or her membership termination has still not been registered. So they are trying to get her to come to vote today. But I think another issue is that you remember there were eight councillors from the DA coalition who sort of uh, voted with the ANC. We, know, we do know that one is out now, but um, those seven are still outstanding. And I did speak to ANC George Magilla about how they are feeling um, with, with, with regards to today's vote. And he's saying that the ANC is very confident that their candidate is going to be elected as a new speaker. You can listen. No, we are, we are still overwhelmed. We believe we'll make it. Uh, we've worked, we've managed to preserve numbers that we have. We are also speaking to councillors uh, in the opposition benches to vote with their conscience, and some of them are there. They would be working with us. They come from the townships. The townships are dirty. There are no services. There's nothing there. So we are banking on them. That is the ANC's caucus leader, George Machila, speaking there about what's going to happen. So, so that's the situation at the moment. The city of Twane is going to elect a new council speaker. The ANC is supporting the African Transformation Movement councillor, the ATM councillor. The DA-led multi-party coalition uh, is not saying who they are supporting at this stage uh, at the moment. So we'll try and keep you updated on that one and the developments there. My thanks to Tabiso Gorba, EWN reporter, who is reporting to us from Twane. The Midday Report. Now, COPE has been having a press conference about the events around uh, Murunwa Makwarela and what happened there and the certificate and the ludicrous nature of it all. Dennis Blum is COPE spokesperson. Dennis, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, let me make sure I get this right first before we get into it. Uh, was it the other faction of COPE that was having the press conference? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, it's another faction uh, that is uh, moving with uh, uh, Terra Licorta. Uh, that is a uh, huge uh, uh, faction. Okay. That, uh, having, yeah, that uh, press conference. Okay, so but, but now, is that not the proper cope because they are moving with Monsieur Licorta? Is that not the actual cope? No, there's no such a thing. It's just a, a, a group, Terra, uh, Terra Licorta's friends, uh, that came together. We are the... the, the their constitutional uh, structure uh, uh, of COPE. Uh, we are having all the members, eight directly elected members uh, in the conference uh, of COPE. And then we are having eight uh, 
seven uh, uh, interim uh, provincial structures. Okay. Okay. Uh, so how do we refer to you, Dennis? Um, what what should I call you? Cope. What do you mean? Uh, so are, are you the Cope spokesperson? I mean, I just want to establish that before we get reaction on what's been happening. Yes, I am the national spokesperson elected in a conference. Okay. Uh, uh, as the national spokesperson. Okay, the so Congress. so the other factions been having a press conference. They say that they are sorry for the situation that happened with Marunwa uh, Makwarela and uh, they are going to get directly involved with coalition uh, talks. What, what are you saying as COPE spokesperson about what happened around Dr. Makwarela and, and just the embarrassing nature of the situation? We have, we, we, since this thing started, we were talking to the media, we were talking to, to the nation to say that we are very, very, very disappointed and very angry of what has happened uh, with this whole thing. If we knew that Maguarela did not go through the screening process as a candidate, we could have intervened as national office. But the very same people that were having a press conference today are responsible for this mess that uh, the Congress of the People are finding itself in today. So, Dennis, is, is this not the problem, though, is that because COPE is two factions, it's very easy for you to blame each other when a massive problem like this happens? No, you, you are 100% correct. You see, when there is a division, People are slipping through the cracks. And that's why we are sitting with this uh, problem of Maguarela. We don't know in the first place. Myself and Madisha, uh, the deputy president, and uh, 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 the, the, the uh, secretary to, uh, for election, Zwanile uh, 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 we don't know this. these people, Tom Fugain and these people, brought these people uh, uh, into code. We did not know that. And that is why we are sitting with this problem. Uh, Colin Makubele, uh, and, uh, Dr. Maguarela, and Zibo Kalipa came with Tom Fugain and David Malachi. Okay. And but, but, but Dennis, do you carry some responsibility? Is there some uh, culpability from COPE about why the situation unfolded the way it did? No, definitely. COPE must, must answer. We cannot shift uh, 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 responsibility and say it's uh, no. The name of COPE is linked to this uh, whole mess. So that's why we are saying as as national leaders, we are going to investigate every, anybody who is uh, uh, involved and been found uh, that is having a hand in this will 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 be dealt with okay. through our constitution. Right. Dennis, thank you very much. Dennis Bloom, COPE spokesperson, spokesperson for COPE, not for the faction that had the press conference today. Uh, that's what his position is. I mean, it really is complicated, isn't it? The Midday Report. Good afternoon, Mindy. I think it's clear from the DA side that politically they want to be relevant ahead of 2024 next year election. 
If they had a query about how the ministers are living large, they can raise that uh, within the parliament as the opposition, uh, uh, as the, the opposition in parliament. So for them to go to the residence of the ministers, I think it's extremely very low from Max in Pretoria. Hi, Mendy. You know, I don't understand. What is this uh, court interdict thing? Why is it always government winning on this court interdict thing? Employees, every employees have the right to strike. Government doesn't want to give us money. So why are they busy with this interdict thing? What is this? I don't even understand what is court interdict. Thank you, Mendy. Thanks very much for that WhatsApp voice note. So, so we live in a constitutional democracy, right? So that means that workers have got the right to strike and to, to protest. It also means that the employer has got the right to go to court. And in this case, the employer is government. And they've got the right to go to court to interdict. They feel that the rights of other South Africans are being uh, curtailed. And in this case, what we've seen is at least four people dying. And there is an essential services requirement from healthcare workers as well. So it's not that government is always winning. I don't think that's the case because then we wouldn't have a court of law and we wouldn't have a constitutional democracy. We would be living in an autocracy and we would have a despotic leader and that is not the case in South Africa. So we do have a court system. It does function and that's why there is now an interdict against Nahawal. The Midday Report Speaking of the courts and court systems and things that should work. Suspended public protector Busisiwe Mkwebane back in the Western Cape High Court today continuing her legal challenge against the chairperson of her impeachment inquiry, Richard Diante. This is a case uh, which started last month and Mkwebane is looking to have the court overturn Diante's decision not to recuse himself from proceedings. Lindsay Dentlinger, EWN reporter, following this. Lindsay, good afternoon to you. Uh, so, so firstly, uh, if you can just uh, flesh out a bit what I explained what exactly is this this court case and what's been happening today? Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, if you recall, late last year, about September, the public protector put an application before the Section 194 inquiry asking for the chairperson of that inquiry, Richard Janji, and DAMP, Kevin Milan, to recuse themselves from their positions that they hold in that inquiry. And you might recall, Mandy, we spoke about those, the dirty dozen, as her lawyer, Dalian Porfu, put it at the time, the 12 reasons why um, she believed that the chairperson of the inquiry was being biased towards her and why DAMP Kevin Milam should not be serving on the committee um, due to his marriage to DAMP Natasha Mazzoni, who was the person who originally tabled this motion that led to the inquiry. And of course, both of those office bearers refused to recuse themselves. And uh, as was then expected, it has made a turn here in the Western Cape High Court. Mandy, you correctly said there were two days of arguments in February. Uh, and so we're about, about maybe about an hour and a half, two hours away from wrapping up this case. Dolly Paul Fu uh, is making his uh, closing arguments now and we heard from the legal representative from Kevin Milam, the DAMP, as to why um, he believes it's not necessary for Kevin Milam to recuse himself uh, from this inquiry and those were the last arguments to be heard before this matter wraps up today. Lindsay, thank you. Lindsay Dentlinger, EWN reporter, giving us an update on that court case happening at the moment. The suspended public protector, Bosisiwe Mkwebane, in the Western Cape High Court. The Midday Report. Hi, Mandy. I'm a doctor in the public service, and, you know, as deplorable as Nehau's actions are, we do support the stance that 
government does not pay their workers adequately. For two years, healthcare workers were the front line of the COVID pandemic and government basically gave us the middle finger. And unfortunately, they use this essential worker thing as a weapon to force workers to basically not strike. So everyone has got the right to picket and strike, except healthcare workers. And the Department of Health uses that as a weapon to blackmail them into taking sub-inflationary increases and so on. Thank you very much for that WhatsApp voice note. Look, I think perspective is important, and I think that we need balance as well. I was saying before the break um, that I didn't think that government always got an interdict. I think that there, there was a, a WhatsApp voice note earlier saying that government always gets interdicts. I think it is important to get the balance right and the balancing of rights right. And I do think that healthcare workers are essential workers, um, but at the same time, they need to be paid appropriately. And what we saw during COVID was how much they sacrificed, and we need to ensure that they are paid, um, but also it can't come at the cost of the lives of other patients as well the midday report let's get an update now on zandile gomere's fraud and corruption trial that's continuing in kzn the former etiquini mayor and her co-accused of course uh, include anc councillors senior officials business owners as well we saw this trial running last week at uh, the 320 million rand durban solid waste fraud trial and Maso, kzn ewn reporter watching it for us good afternoon to you what's been happening there today well, good afternoon, Mandy. As cross-examination, we'd recall that last week, the state witness, Musonyobo, who is the head of the integrity, head of integrity and investigation unit, was giving testimony in court. You'd recall that he said information about this particular case was submitted anonymously to his office. He said there were written documents that were also a backup proof. But last week, the matter had to be adjourned for this Monday because he did not have some of the documents that were required by Zandile's lawyer, that's uh, J. Naidu. J. Naidu required that he at least provide the minutes of the meeting that he had with the IFS because you recall that he also told the court that before the probe, his investigators had recommended that they seek external services to, in order to be able to probe Zandile Kumete and the 21 court accused last week. But today we return to court still. Robert does not have those papers which uh, include the external, I mean, the external audit report into the Zandile Kumete allegation, but also the minutes of a meeting that took place the next day between him and the IFS. Now, Kumete's lawyers basically saying with the abs- in the absence of those minutes and that particular report, it makes a case that this case was nothing but a political plot against his client, Zandile Kumete. In fact, he told the court early this morning that one of the reasons why we are sitting in court today is because this particular matter was specifically targeting mm. Zandile Kumete. Nklantla, a political plot against a corruption accused? I mean, where have we heard that before? Nklantla Mabaso, KZN EWN reporter, giving us an update there on Zandile Gumede's corruption trial that is continuing in KZN. The Midday Report.
Minister of Water and Sanitation, Senzo Mkunu, today meeting with the executive mayors from the three metropolitan municipalities, other municipalities in Gauteng, on water sustainability in the province. The resolutions culminating from the meeting will be outlined during a media briefing tomorrow. But let's get a sense of what is being discussed. Wasani Mavasa is the Department of Water and Sanitation spokesperson. Wasani, good afternoon to you. Thanks for your time. Uh, we know that uh, water sustainability, of course, is a big issue. We've seen water supply issues in Gauteng as well. So what's being discussed today? Um, good good afternoon, Mandy, and thank you for having me. Indeed, uh, the minister is meeting with uh, the three metros representatives, if I'm allowed to put it that way, um, as well as other uh, uh, representatives from various municipalities uh, around Gauteng. And one of the major discussions is the efficiency of water supply in Gauteng. As you've indicated, uh, the country, uh, as well as mainly Gauteng, has been experiencing um, quite extensive uh, uh, water shortages due to various issues, including uh, load shedding. So one of the, the, the issues that's been discussed is to find a way to mitigate uh, the current challenges uh, in terms of the, the water shortages as well as uh, the impact thereof of this load shedding. Okay, Wasani, thank you very much. Wasani Mavasa, Department of Water and Sanitation spokesperson. So that meeting taking place today, the Minister of Water and Sanitation sent a meeting with the mayors in Gauteng, and there is going to be a press conference tomorrow. So that meeting is taking place. They are talking about uh, bottlenecks that hinder uninterrupted provision of water services to communities, other issues as well. The Midday Report. Now, a really interesting story in News 24 today about the newly sworn in Public Service and Administration Minister, Norkolo Kivit, about how she obtained her honours in administration and masters in public administration at the University of Forte without a junior degree. So when she registered for her honours, she was only in possession of a matric certificate and had a non-credit bearing short course certificate with handwritten results. All of these allegations contained in a sworn affidavit, uh, which News24 has uh, seen, and that has been submitted as part of evidence to the Special Investigating Unit. Malibongwe Daimani is the News24 journalist who wrote this story. Malibongwe, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so firstly, what exactly, and are you, are you aware of what a non-credit bearing short course certificate with handwritten results, what, what is that even? And did the minister meet the requirements to get a postgraduate degree? Thank you very much, Wendy. Look, what, what you are just mentioning now is contained on this sworn affidavit, which was submitted to the SIU as part of evidence. And uh, at the moment, I'm not too sure what it means, but what the what the the affidavit says is that basically he, sorry, she, the minister, mm. did not have. Uh, an undergraduate degree, which would, uh, you know, uh, allow her to register Mm. for honors uh, uh, at the university. So, yeah, and it was obtained as part of evidence. The the investigation by the SIU, you will recall that the unit was um, mandated or authorized by the president uh, last year to investigate these allegations uh, at Forte, right. after after the premier of of the Eastern Cape, Oscar Mabuyane, 
and the former health MEC Sindeswagomba were booted out of the university on allegations that they registered for postgrad uh, 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 sorry degrees without yeah. having you know. So, so the, the context is important here, Malibongwe, because you've explained that there was this degree scam um, at the university. It was, it was blown wide open two years ago. Uh, so this has to be seen in that context, the fact that the minister, who has just recently been appointed, mm. th- this could be part of that. Yeah, definitely. It's part of that. It's part of that. This, this is the latest episode uh, uh, from what began in 2020 in May when the university uh, placed on precautionary suspension the, the head of the uh, Bishop Satellite Campus. Uh, the guy was the head of the uh, Department of Public Administration, uh, Professor Edwin uh, Ijeoma, uh, on allegations that he was uh, registering uh, public servants as well as politicians without undergrad uh, 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 qualifications. So the, the allegation was that he was uh, recruiting them and, and registering them for, for, for honors and masters without uh, a, a, a degree. Mm. So, okay, Maribogwe, okay. what, what has the minister said about this? Because I imagine you have gone to Minister Kivit for reaction. Yeah, we, we did give him a call. Uh, sorry, we did give her a call. And she has uh, denied the allegation. She basically said uh, she's willing to to cooperate with this ongoing investigation by the SIU um, and told us that uh, everything is above board. Um, she, she got her two qualifications, you know, uh, the right way. That's what she said to us. But... Uh, the investigation is still ongoing. Uh, the SIU would not uh, divulge anything to us when I spoke to them yesterday, except to say that uh, the, the investigation is progressing well, and they are not even mentioning uh, the people, you know. They do mm. not uh, want to confirm or deny whether the minister uh, is being investigated. But we have it on good authority. We have the affidavit, which was signed by a senior official of the university, and uh, and submitted to the SIU as evidence right. uh, on this ongoing investigation. Malibongwe, thank you very much. Malibongwe Daimani, News 24 journalist uh, who wrote this story. So that's the situation at the moment. The uh, affidavit contains the allegations that the minister, who was just appointed last week, not Koro Kivit, um, apparently got a postgraduate degree without having an undergraduate degree. I, I don't think this is going to have any bearing whatsoever on the fact that she's been appointed a minister. Of course, the timing is also interesting, right? That it comes out now, and I imagine because it's newsworthy now, because I know if you ask that question, why does it come out now? It's because it is more newsworthy, which is why it probably uh, came to, to Manubongwe's attention at this point. Um, but if indeed this is the case, that there was dodginess, then she'd have to be criminally charged, and then there would be repercussions. Or would there? The Midday Report. Uh, good afternoon, Mandy. It is Opa here in Caltonville. Mendy, I heard Mr. Bloom saying Mr. Madisha is the deputy president. Can you just tell us who is the president of COPE? Thank you, Mendy. Bye. Mendy, question of the day remains. What do you mean? Hmm? <laughs> what? 
What do you mean? What does anything mean at this point? I think that that probably is referring to the COPE interview, which was incredibly confusing. Um, look, uh, as I understand, Masiwa Nakota is the president of COPE, but Dennis Blum maybe thinks it's a vacant position. Uh, I did think about asking that, but we were so far down the rabbit hole at that point um, that I thought it was uh, an, an innocuous question like that could take us anywhere, really. But that's COPE has got two factions at this point, and the one had a press conference, the other one didn't, but they're now blaming each other for what happened with the mayor at the this country politics it's it's a lot the midday report now many people i know uh, have ordered from the fast fashion retailer the chinese company xian but now there are concerns and I have to, I have to admit, I, the, the guilt got me. Um, Sheehan, you know, I know that a lot of people are ordering from them and business and labor finally sounding the alarm. I was really surprised that it took quite so long. There are concerns that Sheehan could be exploiting tax loopholes to undercut local retailers and manufacturers. So the government has now confirmed that an investigation is underway. Sheehan is saying that it is committed to ethical business and wage practices as well as abiding by the laws and regulations. And this is a company that was founded in 2008. Um, it is in many countries around the world, but government in South Africa are now taking a closer look at this. Of course, the uh, the unions are not happy either. Saktu's National Industrial Policy Officer, Etienne Flock, joining us to speak about this. Etienne, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. I am surprised this took so long for government to, to take a look at Xi'an because it really has been growing. A lot of people are ordering from it, and it is super cheap compared to local product. Uh, good afternoon, Mandy. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me. It is. It's. It, it's taken some time. We've we've had to collect evidence and and are building a strong case. Now, we are very concerned about this company. We we think that it it uses a model that really should be confined to the dustbin of history. It's one that that looks to uh, exploit workers and that has a very bad. A negative impact on the environment. So, so if we're going to welcome this company into South Africa, you know, it's going to undermine a whole lot of our efforts to to have a clean environment, to create jobs, and and to grow our economy. So, so for us, this is a, a real problem. But in many ways, I suppose some people would argue this is capitalism, right? They can produce it at a much cheaper cost. In South Africa, we simply cannot produce um, products, uh, goods at that kind of low cost. And when people are pressed for, for any kind of income, if they haven't got money, uh, we know the economy is struggling, then people are going to buy the cheaper product. You're right, but but so so for us, it's important then, if you're going to play that game, that it be done on a level playing field. In other words, and this is where our concern is about Sheehan and specifically its, its compliance with our tax laws, its compliance with, with importation regime and so on. We, we fear that it may be exploiting some tax loopholes to, to ensure that it doesn't pay the duties that's put in place to, to protect local jobs and to help the local industry grow. And, and while we must still confirm all of this, we, we also think that it, there, there may be some evasion of duty, uh, duties and taxes that are, that's happening. And, and this is why we've gone to government to say, let's have a look at this. Because as you say, you know, if, if, if we're just opening our borders and saying that everybody should be allowed to, to import their product, then they should play by the same rules that those that are, uh, of those that, that are currently in the country and, 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 and paying those taxes. But having said that, Mandy, surely we can also decide, you know, which is the kind of game that we want to play. If we want to play a, a game 
where it's just a, a race to the bottom, we're trying to produce a cheaper garment as possible, then, then that's not sustainable. And what we're saying is, is let's invite businesses into South Africa that's prepared to play by our rules. In other words, one that helps to create jobs locally, one that helps to, to, to build an environment that, that we can pass on to, to the generations that follow us. The other issue, of course, is about the consumer and protecting the South African consumer because uh, Shein doesn't necessarily have a presence in South Africa. I know that they use uh, Buffalo Logistics, which does distribute um, the deliveries once they're actually here. Uh, Shein is looking at um, onshoring or nearshoring, which is opening distribution distribution centers around the world. But there is an issue for consumers now because what if I order something, it doesn't get delivered, what do I do about it? Yeah, exactly. And, and we saw that a, a couple of months ago when there were significant logistics problems. But, but we also think that the consumer needs to consider, you know, how do they gain when they buy something? It's perhaps in the very short term. But, but Sheehan uses a model that, that's based on fast fashion. In other words, it's, it's not um, uh, sewing garments and producing garments that are supposed to last. So within a couple of months, the, 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 the garments uh, are not of a good quality anymore and often gets, gets dumped. So that has a negative impact on the environment and uh, immediately undermines some of the short-term gains of buying a cheaper garment. Whereas, you know, if we mm. buy something of higher quality, it may mean it lasts longer, slightly more expensive, but we get more out of it. And, and so for us, that, that's something that we should look at when we, right. we order a, a garment from Shein. Etienne, thank you very much. Etienne Flock is the Southern African Clothing and Textile Workers Union Industrial Policy Officer reacting there to the fact that government is now saying they are taking a look. The investigation is underway into this Chinese fast fashion retailer, Shein. The Midday Report. In the early hours of this morning, South African time, the Oscars taking place, the Academy Awards. You can watch it tonight. Uh, so I'm not going to give away too much because I know that people like to not necessarily look all day and then only find out tonight what's actually happened. But I will tell you this and block your ears, turn down the volume. Everything, everywhere, all at once has dominated the Oscars this year. It won seven awards, including Best Picture, also Best Actress as well for Michelle Yeoh. I told you, I'm sorry, have a listen to what she said in her acceptance speech. The Oscar goes to Michelle Yeoh. All I want. As a child, Michelle Yeoh studied to become a ballet dancer. And despite her illustrious career in action films, has no formal training in martial arts. Thank you for all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight. (laughs) This is the beacon of hope and possibilities. This is proof that dreams dream big and dreams do come true. Michelle, you're winning for everything, everywhere, all at once. It dominated the Oscars last night. The Midday Report.
What's up, Mendy? What's up, Mendy? This is Sacrifice from Pretoria. Um, I'm one of the, 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 the healthcare workers. Uh, I don't understand why the government is doing this to us. I don't understand why when we need to, to get increment, there should be a fight. There should be a fight. Now they are saying that they are blaming Nihau for the loss of life for the for people who died. But then what about the, the, the life that we've saved uh, the past three years during the... Hi, Mandy. Um, I'm interested to know why these things about degrees, etc., and fraudulence are being reported to SIU. Isn't fraud a criminal case, and shouldn't they just go straight to the hawks, especially with senior government people? Why, why SIU? Why not directly to the hawks? So my understanding of that is to do with Forte. There was a proclamation by the president for that investigation by the SIU at Ford Hare specifically. So that's my understanding of that. But as you say, it would then be referred for a criminal investigation by the SIU to the Hawks. And it it, it is a criminal offense. So there should be a criminal investigation. And when you... Uh, fabricate or you fake a court order that is also a criminal offense um, so these are a couple of things that you need to keep watching today uh, the Nahau interdict the labor court appeal court interdict there's going to be lots of reaction to that as Nahau mulls its reaction and then also in Twane there's a council sitting happening today to elect a new speaker not a new mayor yet but a new speaker and then the DA is busy protesting against rock star politicians as well. the midday report that's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Weiner. The Midday Report.